what's up? We are here. It's Wednesday time again. Terry, TB, Brown Sugar Brown. My name is Benny Hardy. We're here for another edition of Cats Talk Wednesday. I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, got you, got you good right now. Okay, I'm I'm doing fantastic. A little rainy, but I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh same down here. It's warmed up, but it's it's rainy, and uh, oh no, that's supposed to be a, a more of an April thing, but we're getting a little bit of those showers in March right now. But you know, we're taking one day at a time anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm I'm doing good, good, good. Cannot complain down uh, in my neck of the woods. That is good. That's good. Well, everybody, just appreciate you. Everybody's gonna listen once we drop the episode. Appreciate y'all tuning in and following us at Cats Talk Wednesday on the Facebook and the Twitter pages. And before we start, I just want to tell y'all about another podcast that y'all might want to try y'all remember we had jamie boggs on here from a sea of blue uh he's also uh, the host of the true crime cast and the bless their hearts podcast uh check out john and jamie as they talk about what it means to be southern what it means to be friends and how not to take life too seriously you can find the bless their hearts podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast that's the bless their heart podcast follow them on twitter at bless Heart pod. Uh, we definitely had a fun time when Jamie was on here, and we'll have to get him on again uh, at some point throughout this offseason before we get the season started back. Yeah, definitely like to, to check them out. Glad to have Jamie on. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, so uh, definitely check those folks out. Absolutely. We got a from the men's perspective. Now, the women are going to be. Participating in March Madness Sunday at two o'clock, they play Idaho State. From the men's side, it's a unique March as they were one and done, and yes, it's the tournament. Uh, so the, the end of the season with the loss, the one point loss to Mississippi State, as our as our man Corey Price pointed out, first team in Kentucky history to lose four games by one point in a season, uh, and that's how the season uh, did end. We put a little poll out last week. How many games do you think Kentucky would win in the SEC tournament? We knew they had to run the table to punch a ticket. Uh, I thought they would get by Mississippi State, and then we see what happened with Alabama in round three. The bad start done them in. Dante Allen brought them back, and then just fell short in those last three minutes. Kind of like what we've seen all season. And so we've put this season behind us for many more games on the court and we'll, we'll look to next season and look to see what Cal does going forward. Yeah, you know, uh, I was on Round of Shots with uh, Kevin and uh, James Strebel and Carrie Lewis of Girls uh, Beer Sports. Uh, I was there on Monday. We kind of put a bow on this season and the big takeaway you know, for me was the team just wasn't very good. You know, I, I think that that kind of gets lost when we talk about other things. Individually, yes. You know, I can see Isaiah Jackson becoming a rotation player in the NBA. And that's no slight to him. 
uh, that is something we uh, aspire, you know, most of us could aspire to be. You know, yeah. I, I think we, a lot of times we get uh, locked into what uh, the superstar in the NBA, but there's only what 20 all stars, right? There's only uh, 15 all NBA players. Most of the league, like most of everything else, are just, they're just there, right? You get in. Uh, where you fit in and there's nothing wrong with that you can look at like Patrick Patterson who's still in the league doing things you know uh, not an all star not a guy that comes and does, you you build your offense or defense around but you need guys that kind of get in like I said where they fit in and P-Pat has done that uh Trey Lyles has done that to some extent. You know, mm-hmm. one of those guys that we kind of sometimes forget about. I can't say I forget about Jamal Murray anymore, right? Because I right. said I said that, and, and, and he's just been ridiculously balling out. Like he almost like he heard you. Pretty, pretty much, <laughs> because once the once the bubble started, he absolutely started balling out, and I tweeted it out like, man. Paul Murray's the guy that you forget about. And, yeah. <laughs> he had that uh, series with uh, Bell's Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, and that was uh, kind of must-see basketball. So, uh, but back to this team, the pieces may prove to be pretty good, but obviously on the whole, it just, you know, it just didn't work. Um uh, I had a little bit of friction <laughs> with our man Kevin uh, Hale because you know he. I don't want to hear about COVID. Uh, and I get it, and it sounds like an excuse, right? Because everybody had to, every team has had to deal with COVID. But you, can, as I've been saying for a long time, you can say that not using an excuse, but certainly make it a reason. There's just no way you can pretend that this year was close to normal. Right? You can't do that. COVID, the response to it, the protocols for it have affected everything. You know, my kids, they were, uh, they've been doing the what we call NTI here non-traditional interaction or, uh, you know, I, I think that's what it is. Anyway, but they've been doing <laughs> they've been doing classes at home. Right? I've and like other people have been reduced to becoming a superhero. I gotta take my mask everywhere like I'm Zorro. And we've had 600,000 people die. Hundreds of thousands more sick. Like it, it, it affected everything. So, while you don't want to use it as a crutch for everything that's gone wrong, it's fair to say that everything that we have done for the past 12 months has been impacted by the coronavirus. I think that's fair. So, this team not being very good, coronavirus impacting how they do things, because you remember at the start of the 2012 uh, 
2011-2012 team, the NBA, if you recall, was on a lockout. So Nazi Mohammed, former cat, 1998 champ, 1996 champ, was a member of the, or uh, I was going to say Orlando Thunder. Pardon me, my allergies have kicked up, and I've taken some, <laughs> I've taken some Benadryl, but uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And if you remember, they came to Lexington to play pickup basketball, to to interact with the team. And if you're Anthony Davis and you're going against Kevin Durant in the summer, that helps. If you're Marquise Teague, if you were Deron Lamb and you're going against Russell Westbrook, that helps, right? So, (laughs) then the crazy thing about that is, of course, Kentucky won the championship in 2011-2012, and the Thunder made it all the way to the finals. Yeah. You know, I would like a 30 for 30 on that, on those pickup games, because I think they were here for maybe a week. But my point is, everything got thrown off for this team, and this team didn't have a shot. You, th- you throw in the injuries. You throw in Cal being off his game. And I think he admitted as much in his post-game kind of uh, rundown. There were obviously things he could have done better. I think, admittedly, probably getting Dante Allen involved a little bit sooner probably would have helped a little bit. No. It, it, it wouldn't have saved the season. Because I don't want the narrative to be that Cal only let Dante do his thing against Mississippi State those two times. That's not right. You know, Dante had, he had to, like, all guys that start playing, there's that learning curve, right? <laughs> you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've all seen guys kind of come out of nowhere, have a run, and then fade back. Like, like, uh, like Jeremy Lin, like Lin Sanity. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they come in. Then all of a sudden, people get scouting reports on you, right? People watch the tape on you, and it's not quite the same. So that's on Dante now, right? Cal gave him an opportunity. If he wants minutes moving forward next year, as he said, he's got to put the work in. Now he knows what he has to do next year. So this year's team, they just weren't very good. And when B.J. Boston is struggling and he's supposed to be your guy, when Terrence Clark is supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to be the dynamic duo, Clark's not there, Boston is struggling, it limits the team. And I have said this for a long time. I think you've said it. Other people have said it. Kentucky under Coach Cal has had such great, great freshman players. We forget what most freshmen look like mm-hmm. and it's human nature it's Kentucky fan nature to see the uh, see the outstanding and you make that the normal yeah. the the uh, Anthony Davis that's not normal okay I don't care who you are you the, <laughs> that, that's not normal to have a freshman walk on campus like that to get paired up with Michael Kidd Gilchrist that's not normal Right, and so we we've seen what abnormal freshmen can do, and we make that the bottom. Right, and and that's not it's not fair. 
because you can look at other guys that that kind of had pretty blah freshman years, and then they come back and boom, you don't have to go that far back. Emmanuel quickly, right. five mm-hmm. points a game to eighteen points a game. Against if you look at Emmanuel quickly in the NCAA tournament as a freshman, I don't care if it was Houston or uh, that one guy that they shot a bunch of threes. I can't remember the team name on top of my head. Uh, Houston or or uh, Auburn. All through that, he looked lost on the court. But he came back. He worked hard. Boom. That's what most freshmen used to look like. You know, we've talked before about how when we were in school, your freshmen just kind of showed up. If they did something, great. If they didn't do something, that's not too bad because they'll come back next year. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, Ron Mercer, until the championship game in 1996, his career, he had only scored eight points in a game. Now, granted, <laughs> he had to fight through a lot of dudes to get some clock. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> If you're number three at the shoot guard behind Tony Delk and Derek Anderson, okay, <laughs> there ain't that many points for you to get. Yeah. But if, and DA will tell you, did, you know, and, and this is the thing I talk about the, the 96 Cats, the worst two games of the, tur- of the entire year, they played in the final four. Mm-hmm. But Mercer comes in, gets 20 points in the championship game. Right? It takes a little bit of time for freshmen to get used to it. So, the last couple of years, we have been left with, uh, you know, freshmen behaving like freshmen. And Cal's whole program is based on having freshmen not do freshman things. Mm-hmm. Accelerate. Right, right. And so what happens if you run into regular freshmen? It becomes a problem. I mean, think about it. Uh, Tyrese Maxey last year. I think he was able to do what he did because Quickly was so good. But if there's no Emmanuel Quickly and no Ashton Hagens and it's all Tyrese Maxey, he struggles. So, I think, and, I'm sorry, go ahead. And Miss Stone, you know, you were in to the end. We're not huge recruiting guys, but Kay Cunningham was targeted by Kentucky and for a while thought to be coming to Kentucky. Then, you know, his brother is at Oklahoma State, so he goes there. He would have made a difference. And I think the... The Suggs kid at, at Gonzaga was in Kentucky's radar. So, you know, you have either one of those guys to this team. It cures some ills. Yes. Because we've seen what they've done from afar for their respective squads. Right. And and so, uh, I, I see the chatter because everybody that's on Twitter that's a Kentucky fan has, how do you fix this? And a lot of people... Uh, and it's true, well, Cal has missed out on those kinds of guys the last couple of years. Well, here's the thing. You named two for this year. You know, there, there's only like two or three of those guys a year that hit the ground ready. The issue was, 
for Cal's first five years, we got every single one. That was the issue. When you can pull in John Wall, right, and DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, and by the way, here's Eric Bledsoe. Okay, that that's hitting it out the park. And then next year, a guy that kind of gets overrated because of his quiet nature, Brandon Knight, he was the dude from the jump. Give me the ball, I'll figure this out as a freshman. Then, of course, talking about MKG and AD. Uh, honestly, Nerlens in 2013 has proven to be that dude. He was a game changer. And then 2014, uh, I mean, because, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember the twins are coming, the twins are coming, the twins are coming. <laughs> yeah. And they came, and all they did was national runner-up and Final Four, 38-1 the next season, which is pretty darn good. But the jewel of the Julius class, Randall just, yeah, yeah. yes, the jewel of that class, Julius Randall, and so not only did he lead Kentucky to, I mean, look, Julius Randall, I know he got injured his 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 rookie year, but come on, man, yeah. he got to be around Kobe for the last couple seasons, play at Staples. Now he's playing at Madison Square Garden. He's revitalized the Knicks. Now they think, I remember, because I'm old, that when he signed with the Knicks, worst signing, right? He was on the worst signing list. Stephen A. Smith, as he's wont to do, Julius Randle, blah, 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 blah. Now that they let some people into Madison Square Garden, now Spike Lee going to give an elbow bump to my man, Julius Randle. How, look, between leading Kentucky on one of the more magical runs it's ever had, and let's be honest, 2014's up there, and playing in Staples and the Lakers with Kobe to now being the dude on a resurgent Knicks team? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Making your first all-star team. Yes. I mean. You know, mm-hmm. and you and I talk all the time about how Kentucky dudes in the NBA, I know, you know, Trey Lyles is uh, a role guy. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, somebody said to me, you know, Trey Lyles should have come back. I said, for what? Why, why would Trey Lyles have come back? Well, he could have had a better, I mean, could he have had a better NBA career? I, I don't know, but he's been in the league six years. That's an accomplishment, people. You know, I, I see people, oh, if so-and-so would have come back for another year, the so-and-so is Shea Gilders Alexander. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man, if we had uh, if we had Devin Booker for zero chance. What are you talking like De- what, are you, what What could he have done in Kentucky to improve Devin Booker? What? You know, the same way with Tyler Hero. What was another year at Kentucky going to do for him? And I get what people are saying. Yes, I would have look. I would have loved to have all those guys for a second year, but I don't think that second year would have improved their own personal stock. Any. So yeah. Cal has got to figure out a way to get one or two of those dudes on campus, and I don't know recruiting numbers or names, so I can't tell you. He needs Joe Jones. I don't know that person. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> But 
with the NBA, the NBA, the NCAA changing transfer rules and the SEC probably following the ACC and letting <laughs> players uh, transfer internally yeah. without a hang-up. Well, Cal's got other ways to get dudes on campus. Yeah. That's, I'm glad to see that. You know, you see how these coaches trying to block stuff and conquer attitude about this kind of stuff when they can take a job anytime they want. Just, you know, because there's everybody you're talking about, you know, the shooter from Auburn that's, I think, from Oldham County. Um, yeah, played at Louisville St. Nick's. He would yeah. definitely, yeah, so he would definitely be on the radar just get past. And uh, yeah, you know, be. And we've seen transfers already, and this it might be more of that than freshman, or it might be a mix of both, and you get some experience at the top, you know, freshman coming in. He'll, you know, he'll figure out whatever he needs to get it proportioned correctly. Right, and and as we've seen with the embarrassment of 2013, what did we get next? 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Not that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. and, and, and folks, I keep saying the 2020 squad could have made noise in the tournament. Every time I see Emmanuel Quickly, who got his first start for the Knicks, every time I see Tyrese Maxey, every time I see a clip of Nick Richards in the G League, you can't convince me. We talk about like the big what ifs in Kentucky basketball. You know, what if Christian Leitner misses? You know, things of that nature. One of the biggest what ifs is what if they played that 2020 tournament? Because the Cats were ready. So I think that skews a lot of things. All this stuff about a downward trend, all this stuff about Cal being lost gets skewed because the 2020 team couldn't play. And, and speaking, speaking of the Knicks, too, just, we got Steve Azul coming up from the Bleed Blue show, <clears throat> which he's been on with us before, so we can dive into some Knicks with him. Uh, he had me on their show over the summer, back when, you know, every other day it seemed like a UK player was going. Kenny Payne was up there, James Young was up there for a minute, Scow was up there for a minute, quickly, Randall, so had me on to give the, you know, the UK, UK side. And I was on with a bunch of New Yorkers and a bunch of Knicks fans. So it was cool <clears throat> getting their thoughts about what they thought about Kentucky and just seeing how they view their team. We know how we view the Knicks from afar, but they're just as passionate about the Knicks as we were in Kentucky. So it's fun being on there with them. Steve is going to be on and, and we can get his thoughts on all the Kentucky guys and his thoughts on the Knicks and uh, probably work in little Giants and, and maybe some Yankees because he is he is a New York guy through and through. So seven thirty is when he'll pop on. So we'll get to talk about all the the cats up there in the Big Apple. And I mean, shoot, we had to get his thoughts on on Kenny Payne. Will, will Kenny Payne be there much longer with the the Paul opening and Dwayne Peavy, friend of the show? Being the AD there and KP interviewing for the Paul job, so we to will Kenny be moving to get a head coaching job back in the college? Right. So, but looking back on that 2020, and you think about what could have been. So I think that skews because honestly, that team last year's team was everything that people wanted. 
guys that had stayed, guys that had gotten better. That that was the team. So, uh, you know, and as I've said to people, said on social media, you, you got to bet on Cal. The game didn't pass it by because everybody gets upset about, well, you know, he only wins with four or five NBA guys. That's not true. You know, he's won different ways wherever he's gone. But the, the, the key thing is he wins. And, and he give him credit for getting those guys, even though, even if that was the case. Well, yeah, that's him. part of it. That's, that's part. <laughs> that's yeah. part of the job. Go knock him for doing a, you know, that part of the job. And, well, and, and, and that's <laughs> what gets me when we talk about great coaches, right? There are some X's and O's coaches at every level, right? That that if you need someone to diagram and play, this is who you get. But that's more than just that. That this coaching is more than just that. And you hear uh, Phil Jackson. People talk about Phil Jackson. Well, he had Michael Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, and Scottie Pippen. Okay, but before he arrived, those same dudes didn't win. The year before he got to L.A., my Lakers got blowed out and swept out of the playoffs by the Jazz. Okay. Before he took over Chicago, Jordan and Pippen and Grant and Cartwright were getting the tails kicked by the Pistons. Look, every coach in the Hall of Fame, every one of them, had at least one dude. If it's a college coach, at least two dudes that are probably also in the Hall of Fame. Right? That that's just how it goes. You know, John Wooden is 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 sainted as he should be, but it also helps if you've got Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton back to back. That yeah. helps. <laughs> There's a couple of foundational players there. Exactly. <laughs> Coach K, it helps when you have Christian Leitner, probably one of the five best collegiate players ever. Don't sleep on Christian Leitner, yeah. okay? I know we don't like him here. I know he didn't have a great NBA career, but as a college player, dude could ball. Mm-hmm. You put the, you put Hurley and Hill and Layton on a squad. That's a squad. It helps if you have dudes. It absolutely helps if you have dudes. We talk about uh, uh, Brad Stevens. It helps if you've got Gordon Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, he had Butler. He also had Gordon Hayward. Like, it helps if you have a dude or a couple. Everybody does it. I, I, I don't see how that is such a detriment when we talk about Cal. Well, he needs some dudes. Everybody needs some dudes. Every top seed in the tournament this year has some NBA dudes on it. Like, that's just how it goes. And so, uh, you know, I, I, but I challenge folks. I said, "Look, look, man, look, woman, look, look, person." <laughs> Coach Cal had UMass as a top fifteen program in the early to mid nineties, and the only dude you can name off the top of your head is Marcus Candy. Yeah. Yeah. My challenge. You can talk to your other co-host Tony Dell. He'll tell you. 
that 96 UMass team, it was way more than just Marcus Camby. Now, he's a dude, but they had some other dogs. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that was the team that beat the Cats once and might maybe deserve to beat them again. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... He talks about those guards. He was... You know, he talked about... I think we had Dick Gabriel on, and he talked about... <laughs> You know, we had, which everybody talks about, you know, tried Tony Duggett point guard. And everybody's like, put Anthony Epps in. They put Anthony Epps in and it did click. And, and I mean, Tony doesn't get mad, but he's like, no, look, you know, you did move Anthony over to point guard, but the UMass team I was playing against, <laughs> those those dudes have some good guards too. The Padilla and Jones yes! have some good guards. He says, they brought all their guys back just like us. They had gone to an Elite Eight the previous year, just like us. We didn't lose to EKU yes. <laughs> to start that season. We lost to a squad. They didn't lose the rest of the year. We didn't lose the rest of the year until we beat them in the Final Four. He said, we didn't, we didn't just go up losing some bunch of chunks. And, and, that, and that's my point, too. UMass, when they lost to Kentucky in 92, that was before Marcus Camby. That was an Elite Eight game or a Sweet 16 game. But UMass, who has done nothing before or since. Because with Dr. J, they didn't even do nothing. No, no, he was just... I mean, he was was just just there. there. (laughs) But then you look at when he gets to Memphis. Everybody knows Derrick Rose in 2008, right? They don't remember the 30-win seasons before Derrick Rose and Tyreek Evans got on campus off the top of your head besides Derrick Rose name me somebody else from 2008 Memphis maybe you could go Chris well, Douglas Roberts with the, yes CDR the yeah. name. maybe that's, that dude that's all I got my point mm-hmm. is Cal has won different ways right mm-hmm. you know, that, that's my point and it helps that Cal is a recruiter and he can get Derrick Rose to Memphis. He can get Tyreek Evans to Memphis. When you're at Kentucky, generally speaking, I know the last couple years, but you can get dudes to Kentucky. Right? What Kentucky, I think a lot of the recruiting people will tell you, Kentucky fans have to stop thinking that Kentucky is the cell. It's part of the cell. It's part of it. But it's Cal and the program. Because these kids walking through the door, they don't know who Tony Delk is. I don't care if the kid is from Brownsville, Tennessee. He may not know Tony Delk. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And that, that 2012 championship banner, may as well be one from the 50s. They know Anthony Davis as the yeah. dude that plays with LeBron. There's kids in Louisville that don't know Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look, I have <laughs> talked to fellow Seneca alumni, and this happened back when he passed last year, Wes Unsell. Didn't even realize Wes Unsell went to Seneca, and they're Seneca alumni like I am. Oh. Exactly. Hey. Sometimes people didn't even see him yeah, in the gym. Didn't even see now, that picture. Okay. Now that yeah, I'm like, how did you not see the eight foot tall West Unsell picture <laughs> in the gymnasium? 
But anyway, <laughs> my point is there's this disconnect. So at any rate, I think this is a fixable situation. Because despite all these people saying Cal needs to be humbled, I don't get that angle. Or Cal hurt the fans' feelings. What specifically did the big bad Cal do to hurt your feelings? And when people say, when people talk, I'm like, that's just coach stuff. Like we've said, the only reason coaches, uh, Coach Cal's basketball bennies hits us is because we've heard it for 12 years. The only way we don't like the way Cal talks is because we've heard him talk for 12 years. And you can talk to anybody that covers any coach, college coach in the country. They all have those same talking points. They all have that. So a lot of people's gripe, it's not with Cal specifically. That's just how coaches are. You know, I hear people, uh, well, I got to I gotta listen to what coach says because, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, he's, he's got to take some responsibility and blah, 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 blah. And as soon as he doesn't say something, I'm like, what do you want him to say? Do you want him to say, I sucked and the team sucked? Is that what you want? Well, yeah, I'm like, well, that's usually not going to happen. Because you don't get more players by telling everybody your players suck. Like, that's not how this works. Just because you as a fan want to hear, hey, we suck this year, that's not going to happen. So a lot of our gripes are with just coaching in general and whatnot. Long story short, the team wasn't very good. Because I think if you have a John Wall on this team, COVID, no COVID, this team is better than 500, right? <laughs> you know, if, if you've got Anthony Davis on this team, this team is better than that. So uh, I feel confident that Cal can get his mojo back. He's He's been humbled a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. Right? You know, nope. I think we have seen it any coach that has coached a long time, you have that year that, that that forces you to reevaluate some things. Coach K has had a year like that. You know, we make jokes here in, in, in Big Blue Land about it, but it's got to hurt Coach K to lose to Mercer and Lehigh. Like, like right. that's got to send him back to the drawing board. And it did because then he started embracing one and done. Right? Yeah. You know, Roy Williams has had humbling seasons. All right, how do we how do we do this? So there's a reason that Cal is at the point of where he is. He's going to be fine. I did like in his kind of season rundown, you know, his message. Everybody that's laughing now, well, we're coming back next year. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. That got uh-huh. me fired up. Like, okay, okay, you got your jokey jokes. <laughs> Right, everybody's got the little jokey jokes, but and and the part that the part where they asked him, I think Tom Lee's asking if he's gonna if he's gonna watch you in the tournament, and he was just it, you could tell that uh, he's like ah, I mean I I watch a few guys I'm friends with, but to not be part of this, to not be part of Selection Sunday, to just be absent from the proceedings they're about to start later this week. You know it's killing. It's it, killing. I'm gonna watch a few guys I know, and that's it. And it hurts. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, uh, 
you know, and, and that's the thing is, like, whatever your job is, even life in general, right? Even life in general, you make a mistake. You learn from it and you come back better. I don't care if you're a parent, if you're a husband or a wife, if you're a son, you, you get humble. And then you learn from it and you come back. And I think that's where Cal is at this point. We're never going to see a Kentucky team this bad. So uh, I, I think that that that's my thoughts on this past season. Uh, on the tournament itself, I may catch a gamer here or a game or two here, but I'm 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 just not in it. I'm just not in the headspace. I'm glad it's back. And I may catch a game here or there, but it's just it's just not the same to me. It's weird. <clears throat> I've been watching the selection Sunday. I'll uh, I'll probably end up watching more games once it gets once it gets there and you you know, you hear the music and you see Gumble and Clark Kellogg there. I'll probably watch more than I think I will, but I didn't I didn't even watch the selection show. I mean, but it's just it's just weird. It, Really and we're seeing, you know, they they said they weren't going to do a bubble, but it's a bubble, and you know, some folks, some kids in the bubble are like, "Hey, this isn't great," and people are like, "You got to just shut up and play." You know, it's just it, it, there's a lot at work here, uh, because you know, I understand a lot of work went into getting us to this point, and I don't want to disparage that, but. There's, there's no way that we weren't going to have a 2021 tournament. I don't care who got infected. I don't care who did what. The NCAA was going to find a way to have a tournament. Had to. Yeah. So, yeah. I get the sentiment of, I'm glad it's back and all this kind of stuff, but the cynical side of me is like, there's no way they weren't going to have one. So, mm-hmm. as if an organization decides we're going to do this thing, then they're going to do it. It doesn't matter what. Right. So, yeah. right. Don't so I'm not going to give you kudos because I knew this thing was going to happen anyway. Now, luckily, we did not get the worst case scenario for the season that some people thought we might, and that's a good thing. But a lot of teams dealt with a lot of stuff. Colgate is like 13-1 and one, and they've only played four teams all season. Ooh. I mean, the, yeah. Wow. And, and you look at you know, Rick Pitino's going to the tournament with Iona. And, you know, they didn't play for almost like two full months. Like, this, this season is so weird. And I'm not saying that to put an asterisk on it. I'm just saying it because oh my goodness, this is a weird season. Right? <laughs> sure is. So I, I don't know. And generally, you can get a feel for how a team is playing, but I don't know. I mean, Virginia's not going to get to their site till like the day of the game. Mm, I'm surprised they're even in it. Them and Kansas both. Right. Considering, you know, when they got hit right before the tournaments, so I'm surprised they're even in the field. And, and honestly, what should have happened was no conference tournaments. That's what should have happened. 
to give enough leeway for top teams to be ready. But everybody's got to make this money. And I and I get it, yep. right? And I'm not trying to put a value judgment on that, but they have to make the money. And, yep. uh, you know, for folks saying that, oh, you know, they're going to, you know, definitely put Duke in and, you know, screw Kentucky. Look, man, look, I... <laughs> Look, I understand the talking heads talk about Duke a lot, right? I get it. I get Duke fatigue. But the nuts and bolts people, like you may think the NCAA will try to screw Kentucky. And we can look at the 2016 seeding as evidence of that, right? But the NCAA folks want Kentucky and Duke in the tournament. <laughs> Period. They they. Nope. Because if you've got Illinois versus Drexel, you got to be a diehard fan to tune into that game. Duke versus Drexel, okay. Because this year you was know, a little bit. Duke fans and then everybody that's hoping Drexel right. pulls up the upset. Because if you look year in, year out, the top 10 games, college basketball games, eight of them will be some variation of Kentucky and Duke. And if they play each other, mm-hmm. it's top it's top five, period. Yes, even the beatdown a few years ago up in Indy that I was right there for. Mm-hmm. But my point is, Kentucky and Duke move the needle like nobody else. So those entities want us there. If Kentucky could have found a way to make it to Sunday in the SEC tournament, the, the, the committee would have found a way, man. Like, I, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of... And how much is... How how mad is the city for thinking that Mitch, you know, just blocked Louisville from making it? As, as, as right soon as I saw... Well, here's the thing. As soon as I saw that Mitch was going to be the committee chair... Whenever that was announced last year, whenever that was, I was like, oh, man, there's going to be conspiracy theories about because people still think because Mitch has been on the committee before mm-hmm. and people think, oh, he didn't do a help uh, uh, enough to help out Kentucky and seating. But the thing right. is, right. You're, you're not allowed to advocate for your own school. Like mm-hmm. you're not in the room. When that discussion is made, you know, I like, and this is the thing about Mitch Barnhart, even from our own fan base, he's either a sinister Bond villain or he's an inept doofus. When it comes to the checkerboard, he's he's sitting in his lair, petting his cat, and he's all about the checkerboards. But anything else, he's just a big doofus. That doesn't do anything. And so it was really interesting to see that play out among Louisville fans because as soon as they didn't make it and as soon as they were on the the first team out, whoo, conspiracies, conspiracies. And here's, and this is my thing about conspiracies. If you cannot answer three questions, then it's a dumb conspiracy theory. 
Okay. So Mitch Barnhart is the athletic director of the University of Kentucky. Okay. That's fact one. Fact two, everybody knows that U of L, UK are rivals. Right? If Mitch was going to do something, I would be more concerned if he was just on the committee. Why would you do something, anything, even if you could as the chairman, when it's going to be obvious? Like, I mean, come on. If anything, Mitch might have been like, well, hey, guys, maybe you should put Louisville in. Like, you know, I mean, come on. Come on. Like, what would be the benefit to that? Now, that being said, when all was said and done, Louisville's on the out, did Mitch Barnhart smile to himself? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I would. But the, the, the fairness that we, 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 we put on Mitch Barnhart, our own fans do it. That was the funny thing to me is on social media, the same people dogging Mitch over the checkerboard uh, uniforms now coming to his aid uh-huh. it's like y'all dog bitch worse than the Louisville people dog bitch yeah that's what I'm uh-huh. saying praising him all you saw was that's yes. my AD that's my yeah. AD he's got all proud of him all of a sudden at the turn of a I like, but y'all the same ones <laughs> and the thing is cause I think you said the jump yeah men's basketball is over but we got a lot of other stuff that's in the running yeah, and so we got to give me another championship. Give Mitch his flowers, man. Get like mm-hmm. so. <laughs> I just wish that for whatever we could get Mitch or somebody to say something about these checkerboards. I refuse to believe it's just one dude. I refuse to believe it that it's just one dude at a place like Kentucky that's called I refuse to believe it here's what I know about big time college athletics people with money like what they're doing because when people with money don't like it things stop now I'm not going to get into the Texas the all the eyes of Texas controversy all I know is when we got that article, the boosters care about that song. However you feel about it, the people that write big checks care. And by extension, the university now cares. So my point to people is, folks, you're on Twitter complaining. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> It's the people that sign the big checks that mean something. And I'm not talking about your season tickets. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Bell Complex for soccer. I'm talking about John Crop Stadium for softball. Right? I'm talking about Kentucky Proud Park. Those are the people I'm talking about. So, you know, I hate to rain on people's parade, but y'all can hashtag and tweet all you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because a lot of people, myself included, loved 
the black uniforms that Kentucky wore. Right? You know, in honor of Bill Kitely, I was like, man, we could, it would be nice to have a black uniform in rotation. My understanding was enough of those big check dollars, like, no, our colors are blue and white. Mm-hmm. And we ain't seen them since. Right? The checkbook, checkbook right. has spoken. And then, and then people like, <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe, you know, the common fan doesn't have, look, look, I hate to break this to you the way it works in America. I'm going to tell you just like the Wu-Tang Clan said back in 1996. Cash rules everything around me. I hate to break it to you, Kentucky fan 657. You tweeting about it <laughs> don't mean nothing. <laughs> With you got the WT Youngs of the world and their checkbook. Like I hate to break it to you, but it's not the same thing. That's not a, again. That's not a Kentucky thing. That's the way it works. Should it work that way, man? We could have that sociological debate. To the cows come home. We can talk about it. Rise up for the common man. But as it sits right now, if your check, if your signature ain't on the check with a couple of commas, they... Yo. so my point Yo. is somebody likes the checkerboards. Somebody does. Right. <laughs> somebody likes the UK logo. Because we Yo. know, look, it's 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 not Nike, because we have seen other teams with variations of logos that I like with uniforms I like uh, Iowa, Illinois and Ohio State have script across their basketball uniforms that I would kill for mm-hmm. but somebody mm-hmm. some people have said this is what the uniforms will look like and I don't know to tell you about it right. because you can't True. Because this is the thing too. Mitch is not dumb enough to leave money on the table. If there's nothing else that Kentucky fans do, they buy stuff. So if Kentucky could have two, three alternate uniforms for the basketball program, people like myself would buy them. We bought denim shorts. We bought zigzag shorts. We bought the icicle shorts. All stuff that your man told had to play in, right? We will buy it. UK knows this. UK knows this. But people that that, that donate money have said this is what's going to happen. That's my two cents. But real needle moving yes, people. That, that, that's how college <laughs> athletics works. Uh-huh. The college athletics and, and colleges in general, because because what's the joke? If you've got a you know uh, an, an idiot son, you're trying to get in some Ivy League school, you buy a building, right? Like there's truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I mean, come on, man, this isn't new to anybody. It no. shouldn't be new to you. Anyway, uh, going back to. Yeah, Louisville fans are upset, but look, man, you can't get boat race at Wisconsin, boat race at North Carolina. Like, this is this is the infuriating thing. My least favorite thing of Selection Sunday is teams number sixty nine through seventy. Right, like, 
we, we you know when we talk about the NBA playoffs and all this kind of stuff, we don't worry about team you know in the NBA the the ninth seed team. Like you had your shot, right? There's been a couple of times it's only been like a game or two, right? That separated the AC from the night. But what are we worried about this stuff for? If you let yourself get into that position as a program, then you kind of deserve your fate, right? Like looking back at 2013, Kentucky had a shot, even with Nerland's out, you win in the SEC tournament, right? You can up your chances. You lose, you've put it in somebody else's hands. It's like uh, at the end of the NFL season, as you Cowboys fans know, long about Thanksgiving, you start getting all these scenarios. You know, the Cowboys make the playoffs if the Washington football team loses or ties, if the Eagles lose to the Chargers by more than 17 points. No, but so if you allow yourself to be in that position, you kind of deserve whatever fate that is. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. You had 12, you had 11-ish, 12-ish games to cement yourself into a better spot. And I tell you this, though. On a serious note, a lot of Louisville fans are worn or cooling on Chris Mack. There's there's chatter. Can't he handle this? Because we don't like to admit it as Kentucky fans, although I do. The Louisville job is a good job. The Louisville program is a top 10-ish program. I got him in my top 10. And the problem is we talk about Kentucky coaching. You know, outside of the David Padgett here, Louisville's had Hall of Fame coaches. And this is going back to Peck Hickman that that coached when Louisville went to the 59 Final Four. Right? That, that, that when, when Oscar Robinson and Cincinnati came to play at the old Louisville Armory and Louisville was good. See, Denny Crum didn't even put Louisville on the map for basketball. But mm-hmm. you look at Patino and then Crum, that's, that's, woo! I mean, we talk about what we demand of coaches and the, the number one sign of Louisville coaches is they're very, very good. They just can't beat Kentucky. Right? <laughs> so, but but they're good coaches. Hall of Fame coaches. I tell people all the time, Denny Crum is one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball history. Two titles and Final Fours. Mm-hmm. So, is Mac up to it? I don't know. Wow. You, I hadn't even really paid attention to that. And I'm not, I wouldn't doubt what you were saying, but I just, you know, typed in Chris Mack on Twitter. And this is from, what, I guess Sunday, yeah, after the selection process ended. This is just some random person. Chris Mack has had three pretty talented teams at UofL and done nothing. When that talent falls off and the recruiting is still hampered by potential sanctions, it's going to get real ugly. And then we get the dude... I mean, he might bleed more Louisville than anybody, you know, when you got your coffees and your Rutherfords and, and all those guys, but you know, Blankenbaker, the UofL yeah. sheriff, whatever, he's like, he's like Cardinal through and through. 
Louisville missed the tournament because they lost to Miami because they started nine and one and finished thirteen and seven because they wilted down the stretch again under Chris Mack. Wow. Woo. That, and, you wasn't lying. And that's a perfective thought because uh, they the Louisville move, they're not going to the regular process for the NCAA malfeasance. They're using that IARP kind of thing that drags these things out. It's not going to get better. So Louisville fans are are exactly right. Like he's had squads that could have done something. Because it's it, And the comments, there's not even anybody arguing with me in the comments. They're just, yeah, you're right. I've never been a coach badger, but this team is declining. It's all like objective. This is it's like really reality's hitting them. It's like nobody's even trying to fight with him in the comp. Wow. And, and, wow. and, and that's the thing is, yeah, he beat Kentucky this year, but th- but but that doesn't mean yeah. anything. Like this, like that's the, <laughs> because that was the knock on Patino. Yeah, he beat the 2013 Kentucky team. Okay, by three, mm. uh, you know, Louisville beat this Kentucky team. Well, because, and, and after that game, I know a lot of Louisville fans are like, yeah, we won. Because they know if Kentucky's Kentucky, they can't beat the, they can't beat Kentucky. Mm. And they won right. this year by three, two, right? We yes. won one in six. <laughs> and so a lot of people, exactly. Dang. It's going to get worse before it gets real better. Because you still, you're hampered mm. in recruiting. And they've done a really good job job on the, the transfer market but yeah. you can only Carly Jones Carly Jones imagine they exactly. had him <laughs> you can Ooh, only wait. do the transfers but for so long right and then once they get hit woo, that's a speed bump to your program boy but I've 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 interacted with a lot of Louisville fans and you know they are looking for the next dude, to be honest with you. Life comes at you Yeah. Fast. And, you know, he was he was just on stage a couple years ago before the season with that sweet Louisville jacket that had Jack Harlow. And they were, oh, we, yeah. we coming, blah, 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 blah. Well, hey, hey, man, you know, that, and that's the thing that helps Cal out is we talk about, oh, it's only been four years since he's had a transcendent freshman step on campus. Come on, right? You know that that <laughs> the, the first six years bought him this year. So, um, it, it, look, I, Louisville fans gonna lose it, man, because once the hammer gets wow. dropped, you know, and they do have a missed postseason or two. And they are down some scholarships, and, and and folks are lukewarm on the coach. That's a bad situation, man. Because because you're stuck with that. You can't bring somebody in while all this is going on. And you be Indiana. If so you speaking do. of Indiana, <laughs> man, look. We, I, I've had this debate on, on social media and I'm kind of tired of it. Indiana right now is not a good job. 
and I had someone say, TB, you know, depending on the coach, you know, every job can be a good job. Yeah, okay, maybe. But I will say to you, some programs are better fits than others, right? Why we say Kentucky basketball and Alabama football are the preeminent jobs in their respective sports. There's one reason. A great coach can make you historic, right? You look at Nick Saban, and let me just say this about Coach Cal. If Kansas wins a national championship, they still won't have as many NCAA wins as Kentucky has since Cal arrived on campus. Think about that. More NCAA tournament wins than anybody else, and he's missed two tournaments. <laughs> that is how ridiculous the team is and the program has been. So, great coaches can do great things. Very good coaches can still win a championship here, like Tubby, like Gene Stallings at Alabama, right? There. Yeah. What your program is, yes, you hire the right guy. I mean, that's, that's, I'm like, duh, yeah. You hire the right guy, any job can be a good job. Well, duh. I'm just talking about your ability to succeed. You know, uh, it's helped by the program. Indiana's not a good program. We talk about guys not knowing who Tony Delk is. Does anybody in Indiana, do they know who Calvert Cheney is? Mm. Look, we joke, mm. and I love to joke on Indiana, but look, since 1987, since they won their last championship, Duke has won five, Carolina has won four, UConn has won four, Kentucky has won three. Okay. Since IU's last championship game appearance in 2002, Butler has been. Since their last <laughs> Final Four, Wichita State has been. George Mason has been. South Carolina has been. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I even say they're not even the best high school anymore. They're not a top five high school. Iowa. Illinois. Yeah. Ooey Pooey. Uh-huh. IPFW. <laughs> ITT Tech. Come on, man. Like, and, and the thing is, I want Indiana to be good. I do. I do. Uh, I, I, I know we'll talk real quick about that 7018 documentary on Kentucky, but keep this in mind. Yeah. From 1976 to 1987 the three schools that make up the triangle here Louisville Kentucky IU won six championships six of them and Kentucky's the and Kentucky only won 78 right yeah. that was that was <laughs> that was our right contributed the least and when I'm growing up <laughs> in those early 80s I just look I just assumed you know I'm coming up it's like oh Louisville's in the final four again 
I thought that was an every year occurrence. It just always seemed like it. You know, even you know, Kentucky's in the Final Four. Oh, okay. Indiana's won another time. Oh, okay. Like, that's what I grew up in. And you can check my timeline and my Facebook page in 2012. When we went to the tournament, Kentucky's doing its thing, and IU and Louisville. I'm like, this is awesome. This reminds me of my youth, right? All three of those teams doing better than anything on Tobacco Road. But at some point, you have to admit, and, and I think the problem with Indiana is they didn't scrub all the Bob Knight off the program. Like up until now, there are still folks. Again, we go back to those people with money, the people that really matter. That they didn't want to let Bob Knight go. Oh man, he was punking Miles Brand the whole time before he got fired. Oh, he was he was cantankerous. He was he was flexing on him. And and Miles Brand was I'm like man stand up to this dude I remember you re- we remember that on Sports Center in the late nineties two thousand yes. when he finally got fired he, he was punking that whole administration the whole, the whole right. time he was there right no I mean that that's exactly right so what happens <laughs> is uh, everybody hits their wagon tonight and the the deification of Bob Knight I've just never agreed with. He was a bully. He was mean. He was unnecessarily cruel. And a story I'd forgotten about, do you remember? He fired a starter pistol at a Courage Journal reporter, like in 83-84. I'll find that send it to you. I'd forgotten about that. He fired a starting pistol at somebody, which means a human person turned around, saw Bob Knight with a gun, and the dude pulled the trigger. On top of, he choked Neil Reed. Sure and we all remember, Neil Reed was like, yeah, Bob Knight choked me. And everybody got on ESPN like they do that. Oh, Bob Knight is the leader of men. He's the general, blah, 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 blah. And then the video comes out, and then it's like, oh, oh. You can't, you, you can't put your hands on a kid. As grainy and pre-hot deficit was. And we have to move away from this athletic coach that can scream and cuss and fuss. We got to move away from that mindset. Well, that's just getting you ready for life. Where else can someone cuss me like that and nothing happen? At at your job, if you made a mistake, can your boss come and cuss at you for 10 minutes, Vinny. No, I'm, I, I'm just gonna say, no, that doesn't happen. Right? Or every day your boss is like, I can get you out of here if I want. That, that's, what is, come on. We've got to get away from that. Anyway, back to Indiana. Uh, it's not a great job because the people have not accepted their lot. Now, can it be a great job? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you need the right person for the right job. And people said, you know, hey, well, they, you know, they had Kelvin Sands. Yeah, had he, it didn't work. That's my point. Well, it did for a little bit. Yeah, 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 okay. But that's my whole point. Is, you know, it, it'd be like, 
uh, you know, someone saying, you know, if Patino had fizzled out in 94, right? Well, he had a couple of good, yeah, yeah, a couple of good years, but that's not what we do here, right? So, and, and, and the thing is, when it comes to coaching, I can't tell you, Indiana, go for this guy. I can't tell you. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. That's why you get the picture. Is Patino gonna, Patino gonna coach at the Triangle? Kentucky, move Indiana? Is he gonna complete I, I don't the trifecta? know, and I make a habit of not trying to read Rick Patino's mind. I mean, he could, right? I mean, according to him, he he won't. He's a retired our owner, which we all believe him. But you know, just like everybody believed that Bobby Knight never laid a hand on the arena. <laughs> Of course, let Rick tell it. He has, he has, he not, he thinks Archie Miller's still in Bloomington. And here's my Rick thing knows. about Rick Pitino, and I know this makes for a good soundbite <laughs> from folks. Well, you know, the the folks at Lexington or Louisville are envious because Rick Pitino is it. Look, man, Pitino, you got to stop. The way he left Louisville was not how he left Lexington, right? My whole thing, and I know you've seen me say it on Twitter a bunch, when Patino left in 1997, he was as close to a god as a college coach could get. Are you kidding me? Like, he was a saint here. People wept when he left. We, We understood why he left. It was the Boston Celtics. It was a truckload of money. You gotta go. I get it. He had to make his move. Kentucky made a move. And we won it the next year. Like, we, this is one of those situations. Everybody wins. What what, what do we have to, 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 to harbor against Rick Pitino and vice versa? He didn't get kicked out. Whatever he wanted, he got. He's the one that has said in interviews, I should have never left. He has said that. He's the one that referred to Kentucky as Camelot. Those are his words. That's what he said about a place. So, well, Kentucky, no. Like, you may as well just talk about, well, Providence isn't in the tournament either. Boston University's not in. You may as well, like, what does that got to do with anything? (laughs) Now, the way he left Louisville, okay, he may have an axe to grind. You know, he may want to thump his nose. I had the Louisville folks. And that's fine. I get that. That was an ugly scenario. But mm-hmm. when Patino left Kentucky, it was because we showed him the door. Now look, Kentucky fans is crazy, right? We've we've talked about that. But you gotta be a special kind of crazy to want Rick Patino out of Lexington on the heels of winning a championship and losing a championship and overtime. That's a, that's a that's a different kind of Kentucky fan, right? So <laughs> I see that and I'm like, come on, man. Well, and, and the fact that he left in 1997, like, <laughs> all I'm saying is this: someone could have started working at Kentucky in 1997, and they would have been able to retire by now. That's how long ago it was. Come on. Like, to me, that's just a bit of a stretch. Like, do you understand what has happened since Patino left? 
Like, just go to Rub Arena. And this makes you feel old. When I have to go back and look at the 96 championship banner. And it used to be on the far right. Right? It used to be on the end. Now it's in the middle. <laughs> like, like, when I go... <laughs> when I go these days, the 96, 97, 98, they in the middle. <laughs> used to be new and fresh. Now, not so much. So, come on, man. Like... We have had Final Fours. We've had champions. We've had uh, Hall of Fame coaches after Rick. Kentucky's okay. Really. But I am happy for Rick because, as we said, when he left Louisville, on a personal level, my concern was, where does how does Rick retire? And what I mean by that is every coach kind of like, like how we have Joe B. Hall, right? He shows the, he goes to the games. He's got a pretty good seat. Uh, they'll show him on the jumbotron, and everybody cheers. Where does Rick Pitino go? It ain't Louisville. It 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 might be Lexington. I think if Cal plays Iona like next year or something like that, and they do a thing for him, I think that will warm folks up to Rick. But where does he go? Right. Yeah. And so this run at Iona, this is going to be that, you know, because we don't have long memories, this is going to be that memory of, of Patino that folks have of, you know, he took the little school, uh, Iona, to the tournament. So, uh, like I said, I, I say I'm not going to watch. I might not watch as much as I usually do. Usually the Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament, I'm hunkered down, dude. Like, yeah. I'm, I, you know, and, and <laughs> the funny thing is, all my memories <laughs> on Facebook and everything, social media. Uh, two years ago, I was in Boise. <laughs> yeah. Or, or three years ago, Boise. No. <laughs> yeah, three years yeah. ago, Boise. Uh, four years ago, I was in Indianapolis. Uh, man, yeah, I miss the tournament, dude. I, I, I miss going. I miss it. I, I do. I, I, I hopefully, you know, next year things will work out. Kentucky will actually be in it, and uh, <laughs> I miss it. You know, it was two years ago. I got yeah. yelled at at Coach Cal's house. So <laughs> it's just funny how time passes. <laughs> and I want to, I want to thank yeah. you know these yeah. memories for really you know kind of sticking that needle in a little bit deeper. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, uh, we'll, I'll send the link out to Steve but while we wait for him just two real quick like you mentioned we don't have men's basketball going on <clears throat> we do have volleyball still undefeated they got a big matchup coming up with Florida softball still rolling at 21-2 and two. they played at Florida lost the series two games to one a three game series down there but they, the two games they lost, they lost them both three to one, and then they won four to two. So the combined score of the game was eight to six. So they were in it all three games. They didn't go down there and embarrass themselves. No doubt, Coach Lawson would have loved to have won the series. It was the first winning Gainesville in quite a while. So they did, you know, check that box off, and they went toe to toe with them in the two games, but they came up short in. Um, 
Baseball opens up SEC play with Missouri, who is last in SEC East right now. They're like seven and ten. So I'm I'm kind of happy the baseball team gets opened up with that SEC fold to start conference play instead of like LSU or somebody like that. Um, and the women play Sunday at two o'clock. Ryan Howard and Coach Elsie and company play Idaho State to get the Kentucky women's March Madness started. Right, and, and so many of the uh, and the gymnastics team they've got uh, some folks looking to, to move into the nationals. Uh, again, it goes back to the the program being a comprehensive program. It's and right won a championship, like, and I know that's a running <laughs> joke for some folks, but man, you know, I want to go to a rifle meet. Like, I want to do that. I want to check that out. I think that would be mm-hmm. fantastic. But yeah, uh, yeah, I know the last few years men's hoops haven't been what we wanted, but across the board, things are getting better and and competing at a national level. Uh, with the softball team, uh, like you said, uh, off to a really fast start. Uh, but they're to the point now, we're getting to the Super Regionals, and that would be kind of translated for folks, that would be the Elite Eight. They've been there a lot. I know they made it to the mm-hmm. Women's College World Series yeah. at one time, but they've been Elite Eight a lot. I think they lost to Oregon, seemed like maybe two or three years in a row at the Super Regionals. That's, that's what Kentucky's got to do is get to a point where they're hosting the Super Regionals. That's, the I think, the next step mm-hmm. in all this. Uh, because uh, Media Miss and I, we covered when they held, they were holding the regular Regionals a few years ago, but they've got to get to that point where they can uh, handle their own against Florida and get into the Super Regional business. That's when, that's when your teams are elite elite. And, 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 and you can make that springboard to uh, the Women's College World Series. So don't sleep on the other teams. I, I see a lot of people, you know, when uh, the men, uh, men's basketball lost to Mississippi State, like, oh, start looking at football. And I'm like, man, there's a whole lot of sports to, to be played between that and football. Absolutely. Absolutely. On the NBA note, too, real quick, hate to see that Sean Bradley was paralyzed in an accident, in a bike riding accident. He was hit, uh, riding like a block from his house. So I definitely, we all remember him. We're old enough to remember him at BYU, storming Mormon, getting drafted by the Sixers, spending most of his career in Dallas, but definitely hated to see uh, him having to take the wrong road to try to rehab and recover. Oh, I had not heard week. that. Oh, man. And. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Sean Brown, I, I know, like, he became the dude everybody had to dunk on because he was so tall. Oh, T-Mac. Oh, and you know me, I'm, I'm but, partial to that T-Mac. But he, uh, generally speaking, oh. he was a good dude. And for my uh-huh. money, one of the craziest things, he was in Space Jam. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was one of the, one of the mod stars took Sean Brown. Which, of all the things of Space Jam, that's the thing that sticks out. Like, wait a minute, Sh- Sean Bradley? Anyway, hey, it's the right, it's the right place at the right time to be seven six when that movie was being made. Hey, that's you know, 
Yeah, Patrick Ewing, Barkley, and all that. You, you need a guy even more monsterier than Ewing, and you you give it to Bradley, not Mirasan. You give it to Bradley. Right place, right time, and you know Absolutely. he's going to get So, in, in, in all seriousness, <laughs> a lot of love to Sean Bradley. I know he become, became kind of a punchline, but he was a very skilled big man. Let's let's. It's just that when you're seven six, everybody wants to scale the mountain, kind of like Mount Everest. So, give got to give it to him. Yeah. Yes, because, you know, me being a Rockets fan, you know, T-Mac got him on the baseline. Then when Yao Ming comes into the league, everybody remembers the late, great Kobe getting him and, and, and baptizing yeah. him. I know you yeah. haven't forgot it because I have. I've tried <laughs> to forget it, but I can't. But <laughs> we got our guest coming in here, <clears throat> joining us from New York. We got Steve Azul. The Bleed Blue Show. We've had him on before. He's gracious enough to have me on to talk some UK. We got a lot of cats up there playing for New York right now. So what better? Vinny, Terry, what's going on, brothers? How y'all doing? Cats Talk Wednesday. How y'all doing, man? Steve, man, welcome to the show. How you doing, brother? Hey, doing good. Great to have you back on. College basketball, NBA, Knicks, and all that. Listen, man, next time there's going to be adequate fan events, i.e. the Kentucky Derby, Louisville, Kentucky. We got to link up, brothers. I was out there a couple of years ago. I had a great time. Raining like cats and dogs, but man, man, I had a ball in Louisville, man. Y'all know how to do it up, man. <laughs> and this is what I say real quick, because Louisville is my hometown. This is what we do. Everybody's got their little thing. They, do. You know, the Super Bowl, it moves from place to place, the World Series, all this kind of stuff. But when you have a place, I, I liken it to Mardi Gras in New Orleans, right? Like it's a year in, year out. Everybody citywide gets into it, so I'm glad that you had a good time because that that that's our premier event. Yes, sir, you're, you're absolutely you correct. That attire, everybody's dressed up. We will the hats, the dresses for the ladies. It, it's a magnificent thing. And the thing is, Vinny, you already know this. I go all over the country for sports-wide events. So, and then when I show our audience where I've been, it's like the Louisville, oh Kentucky, God. as far as the Kentucky Shoot. Derby, a lot of you know, sports fans from New York or in general, I haven't never touched it. They probably seen it on TV, but they don't understand the magnitude what surrounds Kentucky Derby, the events, the barbecues, the festivals and all that. I give them that outlook. That's the kind of thing I'm on. I'm all like all over the place, man. So you guys do it up. I love it, man. Yeah, and, and uh, we're hoping to have it back to quote unquote normal for this match. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. The, the plan is to have fans and that kind of stuff. So yes, we'll sir. See. Yes, sir. We'll see. But we're glad to have glad to have you on. Glad to have to hear that you had a good time. And since we're on that note, really like like Steve said, I mean I see you tailgating in Dallas for Giants Cowboys games against my Cowboys. You y'all are all across the country. They go when they play the Niners, you see Steve out there. Yes. You roll deep following your teams. So you already put the Derby up there high on the list. What's some of the other coolest, you know, spectacles? Mardi Gras. Uh, places Terry the mentioned it. Mardi Gras. If you've never been to Mardi, Mardi Gras down in New Orleans. Oh, my goodness. I would put that. That's not necessarily sporting events, but if you're just talking about just events in general, Mardi Gras up there. Oh, man. Uh, 
I would say I've been to okay NBA All Star. I've been to four NBA All Star games, yeah. one MLB, and one Pro Bowl, but never been to an NHL All Star game. However, I was supposed to do that uh, this year because of COVID, couldn't do it. So that would have nailed all four team sports. But as far as events, I mean, I do all kind of things, not just sports, but music, jazz, right. all that stuff across the country, man. So I, you know, I, I try to get my hands into everything and have fun, enjoy life. But as far as sports, uh, it really comes down to, I guess, playoff games, team sporting events, just rep your teams. If you're a Cowboys fan, Eagles fan, Giants, whatever. College, oh, college football. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me take it back. You guys should know already, SEC football. Listen, man. College football is where it's at. As far as Saturday, I tell the pro football people, I tell the people all the time for the uh, the football program when we do it on our show, I say, yo, you got to go to college football games, particularly SEC games. Go down to Florida. Try to get down to Louisiana. Go to Texas. Go to Kentucky. Go to Georgia. Go to Tennessee. That's different. That hits a little different. It's lit. It's definitely a different type of lit that the pro just can't hang, man. I just That's how I see it. Because my thing is with pro games, it's just for that Sunday. With the college, it's a weekend event, right? Because you're not in a big city. I mean, it's Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You know, it's Oxford, Mississippi. It's not yeah. the big cities. And they, they yes. They, oh, they yeah. I've been to uh, that, the that Iron Bowl down in Auburn, too. Alabama, Auburn. My goodness. Got to go back there. I got to go back there. That's what I'm saying. The energy is just. You can't describe it on a regular season level that you can't for unless it's a playoff NFL game. It's just it's just totally different, man. So I try to tell people you got to get out and see with your own two eyes, uh, get your own perspective, get your own narrative, yeah. let the world know pictures, videos. Hey, man, I'm here. I saw it for myself. That's kind of how I operate and let everybody know. Hey, man, you could do it too. You know? Nah, man. Nah, nah, man. Listen, man, I respect you, brothers, because like I said, you know, Cash Talk Wednesday, you guys have been doing your thing for so many years, and you guys got a grasp on college sports, especially SEC. Like you, It's education. It's learning. I remember one podcast you guys were doing, and y'all were talking about uh, just high school, just the, lo the locals that you just can't get anywhere. That type of information you just can't find with the regular television media. Like, this is why I'm so happy for brothers like you guys who get it down to the nitty gritty. Like I've learned like what was going on in Kentucky as far as recruiting, uh, the who's and what's, the names. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Like I would never have known that. You can't research some of this stuff, the stuff, uh, the content. A lot of us uh, content creators, sports podcasters put on and, and, and Cast Talk Wednesdays is up there with them. Man. I, I can't thank y'all enough, man. From college football, college basketball, the circus, how the ins and outs is it, it, beautiful, man. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. All and right. on that note, real quick, we, we'll talk some Knicks, but you know, shout out to my Harlan oh, County man. Black Band boys and girls who are investing to the regional <laughs> team, the 13th region. I'm just, I'm, you know, they're, 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 I do have a question for you. This actually came up on our college basketball episode on Sunday on the Blue Blue Show. Let me ask you this. Give my little scoops How you feel out, you know, on a sports fan perspective, Rick Pitino, y'all know who he is, really big in, in Kentucky. How is it? He's in the tournament in Louisville, and Kentucky's not. How did y'all talk about that? How y'all feel about that? 
I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it's painful, but for Kentucky fans, and this is what I just, before you came on, this is what I was talking about. Uh, you know, I know he coached at Kentucky, but it was 1997 was the last time he coached. And he left on his own. Like, he wasn't run out. Nobody wanted him gone. The Celtics came with a bunch of money. So, for me and for a lot of other fans, it's not like at Louisville where he was forced to leave. It was just a few years ago. Mm. You know, there's still some stuff kind of up in the air with the program. Now, those <laughs> folks are feeling it because their current coach, Craig, 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 oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I'm, putting, I'm putting the flavor in here. <laughs> Chris Mack, <laughs> he, his seat is starting to get a little uncomfortable, right? Because, right. you know, look at Patino at Iona. Mm. The, the, mm-hmm, the Cardinals mm-hmm. didn't make it. Yeah, so, I just thought that was really uh, interesting he, how Iona just came out of the blue and just, oh, here you go. We're winning in Atlantic City over uh, Fairfield. Like, I, I was just like, wow. Is it this interesting? <laughs> yes. But here's a, because, but we, you gotta you yeah. gotta give him his props for sure for doing that. But like, uh, give, I gotta give Matt Jones credit for KSR because he said, you know, I only had been to the tournament like four or five years prior to Rick getting there. Give him props for getting there, doing it. Yeah. It wasn't like he dug him from the ashes to get him to the tournament this year. He, he kind of inherited a pretty good program already, too. I'm not trying to take him away, but let's not that yeah, yeah, like yeah. he, like, gotcha. no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And, and put skin back <laughs> on their bones to get him to the tournament. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not mad at him, though. I was, my thing, when he, when he left Kentucky, cool, I get it. You know, you won a title, you almost mm. won another one in 97. I'm not mad at you for going to the Celtics. When you come back to coach Louisville, our chief rival, an hour down the road, that's when I was like, come on, man. Michigan wanted you. If you took the Michigan job, I'm cool with that. You've been to the Iron Bowl. Imagine if Nick Saban leaves Alabama, tries the NFL again, and then comes back to coach Auburn. That's what Patino did. So that's why I was like, man, you got to come to Louisville, really. But But now he's, he's not even there anymore, so it's... I'm not. But Vinny, you know what? We like, can relate like, to that like on two okay, opposite you know, sides of the coin because at one point, Bill Parcells was the head coach for the Giants, won a couple of Super Bowls, right? Left the Giants, went to the Patriots, or went to the Jets that for a little, like, very, very short time, went to the Patriots, and then ended up in Dallas, of all places. Like, why did you do that to us? You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's heartbreaking to a Giants fan like me, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I had looked at it from your perspective. I can, I can see that because you know how the NFC East is. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Right. Jimmy Johnson mm-hmm. went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Besides the Dolphins, he went somewhere <laughs> else in the division. I, I feel the way you feel about that. I never thought about that. I sure would. I sure would. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get to your Knicks real quick, and then we'll, we'll work it back into some NFC East and, and, and all that as well. But you you had me on before the season started. You had me on the Bleak Blue Show. Had a blast with y'all. It was fun getting the Knicks perspective. Y'all's thoughts on the team, because y'all are just as passionate for the Knicks as we are for Kentucky. I, told, I said that before you came on. 
what were your thoughts on your expectations for the season? Okay, uh, well, as far as the Knicks, as far as my personal expectations, and I'll get to a lot of our callers as far as their perspective for the Knicks, I thought the Knicks had a chance to make the top 10 play in. So they're kind of on course for that right now, par for the course right now. So it's a bunched up NBA Eastern Conference, as you guys already know, probably seeds. Anything after, uh, not Boston, Brooke, Milwaukee, Boston, and. Um, Philadelphia, it's a crapshoot. Like, you go on a, a short losing streak, you're probably going to be out of the playoff loop. That's how close it is. Miami's starting to win games. Boston's been uh, putting up a couple of wins. I know they lost to the Jazz the other night, but I say all this to say the Knicks have, in my opinion, kind of part for the course. In fact, I thought, I said this before on our platform, I thought the Knicks would have done this last year, but the problem with last year was the point guard's position and it's going we're kind of going through that right now is injuries in, in the sense of Alfred uh, Alfred Payton or well, point guard productivity from the point guard position we lost Alfred Payton at the start of last season and we never necessarily recovered from that meaning we had no leadership from the head coach David Fitt we had uh, from the point guard position, so we we never made up for that. This year is different. Total, you know, head coach Tom Thibodeau is a grown man. Total upgrade from David Fisdale. Uh, he's brought in as we when we brought you on, we got you to give us your thoughts on Kenny Payne, uh, Worldwide West, those connections as far as NBA players scouting, uh, and the Knicks uh, for the most part have kept above. Uh, Kept their head a little bit above uh, water, you know, a, a game or two under 500, didn't go over a game over 500. Never really got on a roll. Right now, the Knicks are going through injuries. Mitchell Robinson was injured in uh, the uh, Cap, not Capitals, the uh, the Washington uh, Wizards game, and well, well before the All Star break, never rec- he's starting to come back. He warmed up yesterday versus the Sixers, but uh, they kind of are what I, you know, a 500 team. And that's about right. So I, I'm an objective Knicks fan. I'm just, our, our fan base is really passionate, like Kentucky fans, right? Real passionate, rabid fan base, ready to really cheer for something in New York. Because in New York, it's it's really two teams in every sport except for basketball. And basketball is a Knicks town. Uh, the Nets are kind of like the second team. You got to put that in perspective. So to answer that, to answer your question, 500. They're doing exactly what I thought they would, but we got to get bodies back. Derrick Rose has been hurt. Uh, uh, Alfred Payton's been hurt. Our center in the middle has been hurt. I want to see where we are when we get all of our pieces back. Most of the Knicks fans kind of saw that the same, well, especially on our platform. Uh, uh, there's some delusional Knicks fans. They're always talking about you know, 4C, 5C. I, that's a little overachieving. I think we have the best division in the NBA, though. I think they were kind of are where they are right now. And... And quickly, right? Yeah, he listen, man. He's doing better than I thought he was. Um, when I did our when we did our draft show or NBA draft show on our platform, I knew what we needed. I knew we needed a point guard, but I thought we needed more of a playmaking point guard. And I saw that when the Knicks drafted him later in the first round, I had my eyes on uh, a, a point guard. I had my eyes on Maladon out of uh out of France. However, 
quickly, I, I was familiar with him because I watch SEC basketball and I listen to Cast Talk Wednesday. So I, you know, I know what I was getting into, right? <laughs> so basically, I think he's doing more than what I thought he was. You know how you guys with uh, Maxi last year and, and quickly, quickly uh, has played excellent off the bench. He's, ba- I think he's the second best rookie in the NBA behind uh, Lamelo Ball this year. Um, his productivity, he's he's currently starting. But he's starting out of necessity because of uh, the injuries with Peyton and, and Derrick Rose right now. But he's giving us instant offense. He's exactly the energy that the Knicks fans love. The Knicks fans love him. He's a he's a kid from Baltimore. Uh, his mom played basketball. Uh, I naturally have personal uh, uh, acquaintances and familiar with his family out there in Maryland. So to say you know, we're uh, more than satisfied because of the, especially, you know, we talk about Kevin Knox all the time, the guy you're familiar with, uh, other draft picks that kind of let this let us down. But uh, outside of quickly, maybe RJ Barrett, uh, our draft picks are, are panning out. So love Emmanuel quickly. He's been clutch shooting, is fearless, shoots it well from the free throw lines. Missed a couple of free throws over the last couple of games. Not a knock, should be of our own 88, 89% right now. But I love him, Vinny. I love him, Terry. Love quickly. Love him. Love him, love him, love him. And, and we did too. One of the big what ifs is is quickly last year in the tournament because in the the fifteen games leading up to the stoppage last year, he was at a different level. And when you get a dude that's just like, look, I'm not letting us lose. Like we're all basketball people, right? We we live for those moments where like LeBron went for 23 straight against the Pistons, right? I'm old enough to remember Isaiah Thomas on one ankle against the uh, against my Lakers and we we see it with Kobe with 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 even Steph Curry like they the beauty of basketball is mm. one dude can change everything and quickly was that guy I thought last year so I'm very happy mm. for him one person I'd like to you to speak about is is Julius Randle Julius Randle was when we look at the, the bigs we've had in Kentucky, and we've had Anthony Davis, but, you know, we've had Carl Anthony Towns, we've had DeMarcus Cousins, Julius is always the odd man out. It's always like, oh yeah, Julius Randle. And all he did was give us one of the best rebounding seasons we've ever had and lead the team to a title game. Yeah. But he's he's kind of forgotten about because... He's very, very good. Love Maybe Julius Randle. Um, going back to last year, because everything goes back to last year with Julius right Randle. Because I remember in the summertime, right before the NBA, um, not last year, two years ago, uh, the two seasons of offseason, we were going into the NBA summer camp, the summer league and, and down in Orlando and Vegas and Utah. You know how that is after the NBA finals. We, you know, we're waiting for the free agency period. I remember our episode on the Bleed Blue show. And I remember... Uh, talking about free agents that we want and the consensus before it was final. And I said, Julius Randle will be a nice pickup as a free agent, leaving the Pelicans. We ended up getting him and his teammate, Alfred Payton. But uh, the thing what happened in the first year with the Nick with, with Julius Randle, uh, once again, there was no leadership. D- David Fisdale was playing a chaotic uh, uh, run, uh, lineups. Just, it was really inconsistent. He had Julius Randle way out of position. 
had him do whatever he wanted to do. There was no point guard leadership. If you know me and where I stand when it comes to basketball, I'm all for point guard leadership. Whether it's traditional old school basketball from the 80s and the 90s, even to today's NBA. You got to have a floor general who can create. And even today, you got to have guys who can shoot, make shots. However, uh, Tom Thibodeau challenged Julius Randle. That's been reported in New York as far as getting him to he wants him to be the de facto leader he sees his workout his his workout regimen his his leadership his he had it last year is the fact that he didn't have the right coaching around him to put him to to the level where the Knicks needed to be which is kind of like right now 500 the Knicks still do need pieces around Julius Randle don't get it twisted the thing is we need another scorer and defensively, I mean, we're best. We're probably one of the best teams in the league as far as total defense, defensive efficiency per 100 uh, possessions. But Julius Randle is our go-to guy. He's our alpha. The teammates are proud of him that he made the all-star team. His shooting has been phenomenal. He's been over 40%. He's probably still at this point throughout the, uh, the NBA as far as from three-point range. He's been in attack mode. Uh, I remember there was one game we played the Bucks at home the first time, and he gave it to Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo, man. Loved it. Loved it, loved it. So could it be any happier for Julius Randle uh, as a Nick right now? And honestly, looking ahead as far as, you know, not to look ahead, but contractually, I hope we keep him. you know? There was talks about uh, when we drafted Obi Toppin out of Dayton that, well, well, this was like before the season, don't get it twisted. Uh, we were t they were talking about as far as moving Julius Randle along as far as trade pieces and let Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin is totally not ready. So we need Julius Randle right now. So could it be happier, guys? Uh, Julius Randle is definitely over underrated. And also another point we've always said is how he when he was a Laker, how he was under the tutelage of Kobe Bryant, of how to practice, how to work out, how to be uh, a professional. So I think Julius Randle took that from his days uh, in LA, as you know, as a Laker, till we went to uh, to the Pelicans. And my thing about Julius is, as a basketball player, he got to play yeah. in Kentucky, which you know I selfishly think is pretty good. Uh, play for the Lakers and Staples, and now he's at the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. That's a pretty blessed life right there. So that's, that's some good that's places to call that's home. Right. So he's. He, and he's done it in those bright places. You know, that's 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 the thing, too, is, you know, you come here and struggle, which he did early on. That, that team was not very good in Kentucky. But he still, you know, for lack of a better phrase, manned up and fought through it, goes to the Lakers. And those Kobe's twilight years, those Lakers teams weren't very good, right? But Kobe was still debating, so he learned how to do that. I think all that, like you said, I think that I helps totally him, agree, guys. Uh, I totally navigate agree. what he's got to do in New York. Get to be happier, guys. CB mentioned the uh, all the big men that have come through Kentucky here recently, the past decade or so: Boogie, Cat, AD, Randall, Collie mm -hmm. Stein, all those guys. The link to all their development is also in New York now. That's Kenny Payne, who, who coached the big men while at Kentucky. You know, give us your thoughts on what you think he's done, the job you think he's done, and do you think you're going to have him, or, or is anybody up there concerned with the potential of him 
being a candidate for the DePaul head coaching job, he interviewed for the job because you know, Dwayne Peavy, who was also at Kentucky, is the AD at DePaul now. And so everybody, we all knew, hey, he's he definitely going to call Kenny Payne. So you guys think he's going to... I honestly you know, don't know the answer to that question. Uh, it really depends on what Kenny Payne definitely Knicks, wants. Yeah, interviewing is always a great thing. Opportunities so uh, to be uh, head coaches or at Helms at whatever uh, places, like collegially or even professionally. I remember when we had you on on the platform, we gave you those questions as far as Kenny Payne, as far as what does he bring to the Knicks. I think when we watch Nick games and we get the, uh, the, the interviews from Penny, uh, Kenny Payne, uh, we couldn't be any happier as far as how he prepares Nick players, not just Julius Randle, not just uh, Emmanuel Quickly, or even trying to work with Kevin Knox. Uh, just preparation with all the players on the team. Uh, the players respect him. The Knicks fans love him. Uh, but I, I understand this is a business, and we have to always look at things like that because these guys want you. When you get opportunities and you succeed, you deserve opportunities elsewhere. So if those things do come up, I think we all are grown and adult and professional, or you know, mature enough to know that hey. Opportunities come. You got to take them when you can. So if that happens, you know we'll, we'll say th- you know thank you for for the ride. But it all depends on what Kenny Payne wants. Does he want opportunity? Is it, is it the money? Because the Knicks go always shout out money. That's not a problem. So it all depends what Kenny Payne wants. So just to piggyback on that, when we talk about the Knicks, they are a preeminent NBA franchise. Like that's. Even though the championships haven't always been there, the Knicks always seem to matter. Is it a situation that the Knicks could just make money without being very good? Like, if you're in Milwaukee, if you're in Orlando, you got to be good to put butts in the seats. I'm you know, not talking COVID times, but regular times, you know. But the Knicks don't really have to be good to, to, to still have people come through the turnstiles. Is there... Uh, a thought around the Knicks that you've got some coaching, you've got some. Oh, players. absolutely! Is yeah, there the a Knicks push fans are dying for. Have a good off the court. Well, let's look at it from a, a, a inside out perspective. The Knicks fan alone wants to win a championship. There, there's no doubt about that. It, we've went through so many years of turmoil with terrible management that the Knicks fans are, as you guys already know, and around the country, the Knicks fan kind of been the laugh, laughing stock because of the poor uh, teams over the last. I'll say 20 years since Van Gundy, right? So the Knicks all had no, never had a problem not making money. The Knicks always sell out Madison Square Garden. They always do. It's a, it's a show. If you if never if you guys never been to a Knicks game at the Garden, it's, def, it's 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 up there with Staples Center. If not, it's it's on par. It's probably the same. Depending on who you talk to, you probably prefer a Knicks game over a Laker game. Those are the two permanent games you go to for the NBA games. You could go to games in Oklahoma City, Utah, uh, uh, Portland. Whatever, but they're not Madison Square Garden. They're not the Staples Center as far as energy environment for the NBA. The Knicks are all for the last I can even remember, maybe even 15, 20 years. They've always made money because of the MSG network. The, the, it's owned by the owner James Dolan, and the Knicks fans gear always sells out. They've always been like in the top, you know, team top ten, top fifteen teams in the NBA alone, probably top 20, 25 on Forbes magazine as far as valuable franchises. So the problem was never m- making money; it's always a winning product. And the winning product yeah. is just we just want 
uh, right. respectability <laughs> first. You know, you try to compete, and and the Knicks have a roster to compete night in and night out defensively. They lack offense. But it takes time for these things. So with the new management since Phil Jackson and Steve Mills, you have, you know, now with Leon Rose, you just got to do things right. They were always out of cap money, overspending on players through the Isaiah Thomas years. So now we're in a better position cap uh, cap wise, flexibility. I don't know what free agents out there that the Knicks can add to with this roster, but that's a story for another day. Right now, it's all about getting baby steps, respectability. Money was never an issue with the Knicks. They are always going to make money. Matter of fact, Knicks tickets are probably the most expensive in the league. That's the and during the bad years. That's the that's the crazy thing about that. Right, and I've said it before as a Lakers fan, and I hate to use the Knicks as a bad example, but you know, toward those lean Kobe years, my whole thing was Staples is going to be Staples, even if the product isn't very good. So you've really got to have some folks in your basketball operations to want good on the on the court product. And I want the Knicks to be good because Knicks fans are some diehard fans. Like, they know basketball. Like, I've interacted with folks on social media. <laughs> Knicks fans know basketball. It's not like these new Warriors fans that, that, that think that's, you know, that, you know, they're Warriors fans, but they don't remember run TMC. Like, look, I got no, I got no time for you, man. You know, give, give me – and the thing about the Knicks and Madison Square Garden, like, it's in movies. It's in TV shows. Like, it's a plot point to a lot of this stuff is 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 the Knicks and Madison. There's a mystique there. And those fans deserve <laughs> a I agree there. Celtics fans don't, but Knicks fans do. I'll put it like that. <laughs> now, um, you mentioned Fizdale a couple of times. I Personally, I thought he was going to work. I thought he was going to do well. Um, both of his stops, I was like, man, I thought he would. I thought he would do, or at least could be given more time, maybe in Memphis, and thought he would do good with the Knicks. And Ooh, as far a, as Dolan, where y'all at on Dolan? I mean, you, I, we, you know, you know how I feel most, about Jerry I, Jones. I would say most of the Knicks fans. How, how are y'all on Jerry Dolan? Now, I gotta, I gotta, look, you gotta look at it from. I gotta look at it from a different perspective because. I'm a fan of both the Knicks and the New York Rangers, the hockey team, in which he's both the owner. So a lot of Knicks fans look at James Dolan as scum of the earth, as a as a loser, as a a, a spoiled uh, uh, you know brat, you know, because he he inherited uh, the team from his father. His father was the previous owner back in the '90s through Cablevision and all that. But I look at things from a different perspective because I'm both the New York Rangers hockey fan and the Knicks fan. So he finances both operations, you know? So I see both sides on how he, he, he spends cash. That's the, He's not a cheap owner. He's not, obviously, because we have so many bad contracts, he's not afraid not to spend money. That's definitely not the issue. I think a lot of Knicks fans get touchy as far as how he 
you know, player relations could definitely be better, although they've been great with our alumni, uh, with Larry Johnson, Allen Houston, John Starks. Uh, these guys, uh, Latrell Sprewell, a lot of these former Knicks are still related to the team and they have good relations around the city. However, things could be a lot better. For instance, the fiasco with Charles Oakley, like how that panned out. That, that should have never happened with Charles Oakley, right? A couple of years ago and how that went to court. Even just recently, like how do you not know if you're MSG security, right? How do you not know who Patrick Ewing is? Uh, now, how do you not know that? I, I, I yeah. know we're a little old, pre- pre- right? pre- we go back. Like, but if you were mm-hmm. a young security brother, probably 21, 22, trying to you know, make ends meet, trying to do your thing, right? And you have to interrogate Patrick Ewing? I mean, how do you, how, how do, like, this, this should not be, like, this should, he should have full reign. His, his number is retired in that damn building. He can't get into the building. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've never been one of those don't you know who I am kind of people. Like, if you say that, right. that usually turns me off. The exception yes. is Patrick Ewing yes. and Madison Square. That, that, that is, like, um, so I think no player relation is, is an owner issue. Definitely. It starts from the owner. And a lot of Nick fans are saying, oh, we, we need a new owner. In some cases, we kind of, you know, we get frustrated in how things are. But when the owner's main thing is to finance the operation. He does that. It's just the player relate, the reaction to stupid stuff he does around the city. He's so, sometimes he gets wrapped up in his uh, gigs. Like he plays in his band all around Manhattan. So fans get annoyed with that more than he cares about the team. So Dolan has to, you know, I think the Knicks fans are kind of content for now that he's hired the right guys running the operations. He's financing it. That's cool. But the most Knicks fans hate James Dolan, to be honest with you. That's cool, man. I know you, you got a show coming up right here in a minute on the Bleed Oh, Blue appreciate show, it, right? brothers. So yeah, yeah, the Bleed Blue Show every Wednesday. Uh, show we talk uh, Knicks or in, and or NBA, uh, 9 p.m. So tonight the Knicks are on a night off, so 9 o'clock is Knicks and NBA around the league. So we're probably we're going to probably touch on the four games after the All-Star break. We already had our rant after, you know immediately after NBA All-Star weekend, how that was a joke. So we talked about that last Wednesday, <laughs> last Wednesday. So this week is about uh, we're going one and three, which I kind of doesn't surprise me. But I'll be honest with you, Vinny and Terry, I, I'm still getting over the last night's game versus the Sixers. I was furious how that ended. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that call was that oh, Julius and now, now let me ask you this brothers before I go let me say this we're the blue blue show blue blue show.com we're on our website uh, we're on all the platforms Spotify Apple Podcasts uh, our website you go stream right from our website blue blue show.com but let me ask you guys this man college basketball man I'm excited man I know you guys are excited college sports guys pro guys but man I mean the tournament man like got any plans like you watching at home families what, what's the plans for college basketball man It's a little Man. weird without us in it, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we talked about that. You know, the selection show. We just, we just, we just, we're just not there, so we, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Uh, I'll, I'll still probably end up watching more games. And I think, even though you know, you don't have a dog in the fight. Um, yes, because yes. when it kicks off all day long, noon till midnight, you got Clark Kellogg there, you got Gumbel there. I know I'm going to get to get caught up into watching some games, but it's just. 
We're still, we're going through withdrawal. It, it's weird in the that Kentucky's not there. That's just, not like, there. Kentucky this and Duke. Right like, now. this is the Twilight Zone, man. <laughs> yeah, man. But, you know, I will say this to, to Vinny's point. If I'm somewhere and I yeah, hear yeah, yeah. music, I'm in. Because I'm <laughs> to remember that NBA on NBC music, oh, that round ooh. ball rock, and <laughs> it could be, you know, the jazz and, you know, Sonics, you know, hey, I'm hyped up. All right, that's that's the spirit so right there, man. I look forward to it too, man. Um, in, in the dire situations, because yeah. not too far from you guys in, in Indiana, you know, all the games in that area, it's it's almost like an NBA bubble situation. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. In in, in mm. Indy, when they were first talking about, it, I was like, Indy was the place that makes sense, right? Just because yeah. they had the facilities and stuff for that. So. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Kentucky, so man. Y'all go, hey, come on, it's Kentucky. Y'all go. I'm just a Kentucky. Come on, you guys have so right. many, one, so many recruiting wars and got so many With players you. in the league. It's Kentucky, like it's going to bounce back. Like you, you're due for one bad year, you know. But the thing, the thing is, what got me, and we said this on our show, like. We can't have these college football teams running college basketball like LSU, Alabama, Tennessee. Well, Tennessee, not necessarily Tennessee, but LSU and Alabama in particular. Like, come on, man, Kentucky's. This is Kentucky. Like, are you college basketball SEC equals Kentucky? Like, it shouldn't be Alabama and LSU again. Like, we've seen them enough from September through November in December. <laughs> Right. That you're telling you're telling us because that's always our thing for <laughs> exactly. football season. Exactly. Wait till basketball. And if you take that from us, what are we gonna do? Let's <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get you back on uh again. I always enjoy having you on. Should have had you on before now. But uh, definitely gotta get you on yeah. even before NFL kicks off or maybe Let's do it. NBA playoff Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Let's do it. Gotta get you back on and chop it up with you. Appreciate man. you, brothers. Absolutely. So have a great show tonight. I'll try to get off of there and maybe check y'all out. And with your Facebook page, bleedblueshow.com, Spotify, website, all those places where everybody can get you. If you're doing your thing up there, man, and you do a great job. So have a great show tonight and a great rest of the second Let's try, half. man. Let's hope, man. Let's pray for our Knicks, man. And, and, and shout out to Cash Talk Wednesdays for all you guys do for Kentucky sports, college college sports, the in and outs of just sports in general around the leagues. You brothers do a fantastic job. I respect it. I love listening to y'all when I can, man. I love it, man. Yes, sir. Well, we y'all too, man. Take care. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Steve. Man. Have a good night, bro. All right. Steve Azul, Bleed Blue Show. BleedBlueShow.com on all your platforms. And he does do his thing, man. And it was it's it's so cool. And I know I sounded country and twangy to them, but me being on there with all those New York people, New York Knicks fans, talking about the Kentucky perspective for them because there's so many former cats on the Knicks. So it was fun being on there with them. And definitely gotta get Steve back on again and, and we just enjoyed having him on for this past half hour. Yeah, and so uh you know, the, with the tournament, I'll probably watch some games. I say I won't, but I generally tune in uh, just to see because it is special. And I don't want to, you know, poo-poo the specialness of the tournament. But it does hurt that Kentucky's not in it. Mm-hmm. And, and while, while we were on with Steve, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Jackson tweets out, he will test the waters 
without an agent. So <clears throat> that's the latest development on the Kentucky basketball front. Uh, he gone. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 I get all that and I love him, but he gone. Come on. He, he yeah. gone. Uh, it's going to be a lot of people. Despite what, you know, selfish Kentucky fans may think, objective Kentucky fans may think, we saw his progress. Now, you know, like like it was plainly obvious, you know, he got he got punked a little bit against Mississippi State. He's going to be playing against grown men on a regular basis and looking at his potential. So a lot of pick is there. You can't blame him for taking it. So uh, that's the latest right now as we about close this out with 30 seconds left. Yeah, so great show. Always fun doing it. Uh, thank you for everything you do. Thank everybody for listening, man. This is Generally, the highlight of my week, right here. Oh man, shoot, shoot! We appreciate you doing it. Appreciate all your knowledge and stats and insight. Doing your thing on round the shots too. Be bringing that same thunder to their show. Uh, so appreciate <laughs> it, and and hope you have a good week. It's still, it's fun seeing all your media memories, you and Tina and Sister Jean and all that. Uh, so it's fun <laughs> to look back on all that. So hope you have a good week, and we'll see y'all next time. Absolutely. Another episode of Cats Talk Wednesday. Oh, we might have a couple minutes left, so we start. There we go. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But anyway, appreciate everybody. Follow the show. Tweet it. Tell your friends about it. Thanks to Steve Azul. I always appreciate him with the Knicks perspective. We'll definitely do it again. We'll see everybody next week. For Man TV, this is Vinny Hardy. Thank y'all for listening. See y'all next Wednesday.